Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D. LD.com right now and use a promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Feral Audio. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. Uh, if you like my theme music there, that's a band called Les Blanks. Check out some more of their stuff, lesblanks.com. I think it's pretty darn good, don't you? Um, if you're a first-time listener to the show, thank you very much. It means a great deal to me that you're listening. Um, and it is the show is kind of just what the, you know, it's uh, a conversation with me. And I talk to somebody super interesting and fascinating. And I just got distracted because I stared at... Uh, I have a bag of Chicago-style popcorn from the Trader Joe's, and uh, being a Chicagoan, it's a little crunchy reminder of home. (laughs) Just saying. That's what it is. Uh, So I'm, like, eyeballing that as I talk, going, I can't wait. I, like, can't put some of that in my mouth. It'll make too much noise for the fine people in the world. Um, Today's guest, by the way, I said I talked to interesting people, legendary people. Um, And today I speak with Jerry Stahl, who is uh, a monthly guest on my show, and I'm very excited about that because he's one of the funniest people I know and one of the most insightful, and uh, and his books are uh, genius. I personally enjoy iFatty and Permanent Midnight, though I am in the midst of reading a third one, which we discuss. <coughs> I believe he talks about it. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a crazy uh, few weeks here for me. <coughs> Excuse me. I did, before I started recording, cram a piece of salami in my mouth, and that little peppery stuff is stuck in the back of my throat. But I'm going to fight through it, because I've tried to record this intro several times, and I'm fighting through it. I'm achieving. Uh, and I am also want to catch the Cubs game, because it's the last Cubs game of this season. <coughs> I know they stink, but uh, I love them. What are you going to do? 
Uh, I got asked to record a comedy album, everybody, and that is really exciting news. Uh, Jonah Ray, you probably heard of him, hosts that Meltdown show on the Comedy Central, started a label called uh, Literally Figurative Records. He reached out to me, and it's been I didn't I didn't know it. He put out a release saying he's I'm one of the people who's going to record an album. Called me legendary, <laughs> and I'm uh, I didn't know it. I was bartending, and a friend of mine said, hey, I heard you doing a comedy album. Jonah and I had a conversation a few weeks back. I thought I was going to do a 7-inch with him, like just a couple dumb bits. And it, and I texted him. He's like, no, it's an LP. I almost started crying because, you know, it's always sort of spun around the dream wheel in my brain that I would someday do an album, but I never thought about it much. And, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. I really... Uh, I, you know, I, and then, you know, there was, uh, fear involved, <laughs> um, cause I'm like, what if it blows? What if I don't have enough material? What if my material blows? What if, you know, I, I think I've said this before, but like Kelly, my, my fiance always says that, uh, I think of the worst case scenarios and like, you know, and I, I don't know if I said, but like, you know. She'll go to the grocery store, and in my head, she's being abducted into a van as, uh, you know, while she's picking up soap. That's uh, how that goes with me. <laughs> it's not fun being, you know, I had a trauma, I was traumatized as a child, so I expect the worst to happen at all moments. Uh, it's not, uh, it's, I was conditioned. I meditate, I try to be positive, I try not to be a fucking lunatic. But it's inevitable, people. It happens. I can't help it. So sue me. I'm really excited to do this album, though, and uh, you will hear a lot about it because uh, uh, I will need to sell it. <laughs> and hopefully you'll want to buy it. Hell, I'll even sign it for you to depreciate the value. Um, all right, so that's my life right now. That and... Uh, this interview with Jerry Stahl, which is really great. Oh, before I forget, this is important. Um, I've lost two episodes recently to uh, faulty mics, uh, faulty wires. They would go out later in the episode, so I didn't know. So while Jerry and I were recording this, it, there's huge chunks lost into the, the the ether, or I don't know if that's the right word. Anyway, but, uh, you know, like you couldn't hear him for like 20 minutes. So I salvaged what I could, and we, Dustin Marshall, uh, edited this so that you, so it might, you know, if it seems like suddenly we're talking about something else, it's just because we had to edit out a chunk. But I, I think it should be rather fluid, so there is that. But uh, yeah, enjoy the conversation. I didn't even notice. Oh, is it like a like a fever yeah, blister type uh, thing? That's what I call them. Call I get I, the I same. Like them because it's they're like memoirs. I mean, it's like the history <laughs> of every fucked up thing you've done is just there in your mouth for everybody to speculate. <coughs> I've been getting them since I was like in junior high, so I'm I don't know how, but I get I get the same thing, and it drives it's it's painful, and it's it isn't. Painful, but the great thing about it is mine actually sort of left. Into a, just like an Ebola-like scab. 
Yeah. And then it's like you're you're at like Dallas and Durban's and people are like covering their three year old's eyes and <laughs> turning their children away because I didn't it's sort of I'm that's all right. I, uh, to be quite honestly, though, I didn't notice the, uh, I didn't notice this, the thing. Right. I just, you know, I figured it was the elephant, the elephant in the room, the elephant in my lift. I wouldn't have noticed I strayed, it. If, I strayed from the mic there. I don't know if you picked up. I think you did. got to have a little portable. They, uh, but it's like, uh, I don't think they're noticeable when they're kind of reddish, because then it's, uh. Well, I just say, ah, oh, my kid gave me a fat lip. I don't take a lot of meetings, but when I do, I like to have them. <laughs> yeah, it's always. Everybody sort of backs away. Did you, uh, have you gone to the doctor for it? Nah. Because I'm. Gonna do. You can take Valtrex, that just makes you feel like shit and it doesn't do anything. Somebody told me L lysine. Lysine? I'm an Abreva man. Thanks for asking. <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, I've, I've, the Abreva. What I did, and again, I'm no doctor. But I went the other day to CVS, and I accidentally grabbed the CVS generic brand, which basically I think is like turpentine ointment and has a very sort of like, well, I just painted the house kind of smell. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. No, I, I, I will try to if I can, because I usually can tell it's coming because I get my, my glands in my throat. Sure. Do you yeah. get that? It's like, it's like uh, mini mumps. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I think that... Are you, are you a regular gland checker? I do my own, not others. Well, yeah. You as a father, probably, you have to touch your, your daughter's throat now and again. Or that's what my mom used to do. That or <laughs> well, she was trying so to strangle... Yeah. <laughs> other choking her off to get to sleep, but that's... Yeah. You know. Yeah. The, but I think, because I guess tech... I call it a fever blister because I don't want to say herpes. But... I know, it's not a good word. And no. neither is saying choke off your child to get her to sleep. And I'm already thinking, wow, there's a joke there, man. You know, but uh, yeah, but I think uh, I think it's a wrongly. But I'm from the south. It's like you know, NFL. You know. Yeah. Mr. So Peterson, that's Peterson. What... I I was disciplined as a child. Is that I, what what he I, was I, blaming? I was, well, he he was disciplined. Yeah. But therefore, he used a uh, violence branch, a branch. Yeah, I was I was. Beat as a child. I don't oh think I'm going to be hitting any kids. Amazing. I wanted to ask you about when you were, because when I, the last time we spoke, I was in the beginning part of my memoir thing to re of rewriting it, and like uh, I was having like severe depression because, and yeah, I was that's when good. Were you you're really going in there? Were you? Did, is that how it was with Permanent Midnight? Did it? Oh Christ! Man. Or the yeah. anything that you some yeah. of your, uh, you? No, especially with that. Yeah, just to relive it and re. It's really about refeeling what you felt then, and it's just gruesome. Can be. It's I'm the guy who relapsed on heroin while writing the book about getting off heroin, as oh, I, I mentioned. Yeah. Oh, you do mention that. Yeah, I did eventually. I mean, you know, you don't want to carry that. You don't want to carry like lying on Oprah around. <laughs> Lied on Oprah. Did you go on Oprah? I was on Oprah before they had the Oprah's Book Club. Um, I think it was a theme show. When smart people do dumb things. I've told you that story. When she, I don't le when she leaned over during the commercial break. A story I've told, by the way, so forgive me for being a hack meat. But because um, I've done at least eight interviews. <laughs> uh, she, would... she leaned over during the commercial break and said, 
I smoked crack and I loved it. Did and then we were like back on the air and you know, I was just left with this minty waft because she's very minty. <laughs> and such a nice lady, such a nice lady. But I was, uh, I was, as the Brits say, gobsmacked, gobcracked. That's incredible. I'll say. And that's, it's, it, do you find that weird that people, because of your book and stuff, that they, people are a little bit more open with you? I think when you're a leper and you're sort of outside the, you know, the sort of constraints of normal, normal, hide your horror kind of society, you're, yeah, you know, because you're, you're that person, you're not part of the tribe, you're, they can confide in you because, you know. Whatever they did is like not as bad as whatever you did, so they can feel superior to you and then confide or connected to you. That sounded a little snide. Yeah, but it's pretty great that someone like Oprah goes, "I did, I smoke crack." I think she's she's probably talked about it. I assume she's talked about it elsewhere. Yeah, I've never smoked crack. I had walked. Well, in I never smoked crack with Oprah. Do you feel you missed out? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I mean, that could, you know, things can get pretty. Uh, things get pretty, you know. Things can get nasty on crack. Uh, yeah, I'm. I had to sign a confidentiality agreement. Confidentiality agreement. Did you really? Everybody who smokes crack with Oprah has to sign one of those. I would. I mean, it would be worth it though. Well, you just blew it though. I'm not talking about it. Oh, that's right. I didn't Never hear. Happened. Yeah. No. So, what were you about to say? It was one of your yets. Oh, you I describe just describe your, yourself. I thought I heard my baby crying. Then I realized she was in preschool. Does that happen? Is it like a... It's never happened until right now, and I'm a little creeped out by it. <laughs> I would think, like, I've, me personally, if I had a child, I'd be in a constant... You would hear screaming constantly? Yeah, I would be in a constant state of neuroses. Well, you know, I, I think you kind of hit the ground running. It's not like the kids suddenly made me neurotic. At least now there's a focus. Yeah. You have a reason to be terrified about the fact that in, like, 10 years, there will be no water, and people will be clawing each other's eyes out to drink the mucus. That's the one thing I've said about my life. The only thing that's going to be well-timed is I'll probably die before we run out of natural resources. And then I hope, be? man, I hope, I hope, I mean, selfishly, I hope I'm, I, it's a lot more likely I will, I think, because it's going to be at least five years. It's going to, I can't see how it's not going to get dark. I, Did you participate in any climate-oriented activity? No. I've, I've looked at it in Vice's website. Does that count? Did you? I went quiet when the uh, parade in New York went quiet. I the march in New York went quiet. I went quiet. That's, that counts. But I didn't go to New York and participate. Uh, and a couple Everybody I know did. It's, it seemed pretty amazing. It's very it heartening. Yeah. Do you feel like protest has its effect as it used to? I feel like in the... Like, I feel in, like... In this case, I think absolutely. You yeah. think that will have an effect? Well... Only in the sense that 400,000 people, despite the fact that it was ignored on all the mainstream, lamestream <laughs> media, um, it's a lot of, it's like, you know, it's a lot of votes, potentially. Yeah, I don't think it, it's, a, it's amazing to me that I have friends, I know people who actually deny that it's happening global warming and it's like so and to to think that a conspiracy would go throughout every major university in the entire world is an absurd notion that's not that absurd if you believe there's a lot of climate deniers who are super well paid by the Koch brothers and all these think tanks so they they look legit they have suits on they look like scientists yeah the Koch brothers it's sort of like how all the people who come on and talk about how we need to bomb 
and, you know, get boots on the ground, actually have dough and, you know, all those generals make money from arms manufacturing, et cetera. Yeah. I'm not ripping the lid off anything. No, no. I used I'm just to- swinging for the fences politically. <laughs> I want to get my radical bona fide. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Bo- Bonafide? I, I Bonafide, yeah. Bonafide, yeah. Yeah. I used to be very political, and, and it, like, and I'm, you know, I'm still aware, but it used to, it just, I couldn't take the endless anxiety and depression. Well, yeah, there's that. And plus, I mean, look, I went to Occupy, you know, all for it, but the human megaphone, a little rough. Yeah. I, I can't be politically funny, that's for sure. That, like, is not a possibility with me. Few people can, I think. People go for it, but, uh, you know. Who do you think is good at it? I like John Oliver a lot. John Oliver's amazing. Kelly's uh, a photo of hers is going to be his tour poster. Unbelievable. How uh, did that happen? Uh, we're friends with his manager, and she invited her to take photos, and then he ended up using it. I was just, I'm thrilled for her. Which, by the way, I t- you were... Uh, by the way, he just said that his wife's... Did I say wife? No, I'm saying oh. wife. <laughs> it's your future wife, right? Yeah, because we, we talked about the ring... You got, last I episode. saw the ring. Saw the ring. So the woman wearing your engagement ring, which mm-hmm. is a raw diamond. I like the, pretty it. Cool. Uh, pretty cool. It's blood-free, as they say. I don't know what that means. No African kids died for it. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, oh, the whole you ring is... from a white man? Yeah, I stole it from... Pre- no, what does that mean? It, I, th- it I mean, com- I know that there's blood on every diamond, but how is the raw diamond different from those other I think diamonds? it's like a... I, I, I still had to find it in the ground, no? Yeah, maybe it came... I know now. I need to ask this lady who I bought the ring no, from. No, it sounds makes sense. It's not De Beers, perhaps. Is what it's it not is. De Beers. No, it's it, De, it came De from De Etsy actually. I bought it on. I bought it online, so I had two weeks of neuroses that it was going to show up and look like this shitty. Has anyone ever been prouder of their neuroses than you? <laughs> you, you, and Richard uh, Lewis, and the original, the first man to talk about neuroses on television. You know, Oscar Levant, who I'm always talking about to you. One of my heroes. Really, I w- love Oscar. Oscar Levant and. No, we didn't. script I wrote uh, for Ben Stiller that he asked me to write for two seconds when he was going to play Oscar Levant, which would have been amazing. That's... Uh, it didn't happen, but I love Oscar Levant. A fellow Pittsburgher. I feel, I feel... I didn't want that to sound bitter. It's just a fact. I mean, sometimes... It didn't come off bitter. I, I Believe me, I know all His about... Books are amazing. I knew Doris Day before she was a virgin. That's who said it. I, yes. qu- I quoted that and I couldn't... Oh, my God. Yeah. He is so amazing. Football is, uh, or ballet is the fairies football. Did I offend you? I don't have that many deep feelings about football. <laughs> no, but that was just one. great Steve Almond, a writer who once trashed the shit out of my book, but is nevertheless, a, in a review, is a great writer, wrote a book called, I think it's called, um, it's about not watching football, and it's amazing. Oh, I don't watch football either. Well, I- if you did... You would read this and change your mind. It's a fantastic book. It's title I have completely blitzed on. Oh, I thought, yeah. Did you? So I'm guessing, what was the, uh, there was a biography about Oscar Levant that came out like, I want to say 20 yeah, years a ago. Talent for Genius. Yes, that I read. Was I, it, was it ca- Sam Kashner who wrote it? I would it might say. Have been. I still have, I, I think I have, I bought that the and day his, it came and out. And his other books that he has, uh, Memoirs of an Amnesiac, which is one of Oscar Levant's books. Oh, I've never read that. And The Unimportance of Being Oscar. I need to get those. Oh, man. You know, just the fact that when he was hosting a talk show, I believe it was at KTLA, uh, he lived in the Edgemont Mental Hospital and would take an ambulance to a show every day at 5 
and an ambulance back to the hospital. That's incredible. People just watch to see whether he's going to collapse. Oh, he's so good. I remember, I think it was in Harpo Speaks, he tells a story of, because he lived with Harpo Marx for a while, of coming home, Oscar Levant was playing the piano, listening to music, and reading a book all at the same time. Yes. <laughs> and, like, was coherent of all things going on. Like, yeah. I mean, that's like, the man was... He, he also said, my favorite drug is out. He wanted, you know how people leave in their wills now, you know, like, do not resuscitate. His thing was, if I wake up, hit me with a hammer, <laughs> knock me out again. He just wanted to be out. I mean, I, you just got to love the guy. Spent his last 20 years basically, like, in bed, just like. And then once in a while, he would show up on uh, Jack Parr, who signed off saying, good night, Oscar Levant, wherever you are. Yeah, that's kind of sad to me. And this is really hitting, I think this is really connecting with your, your millennial audience. <laughs> because the references are cutting. They're cutting. They're au courant. But if they don't know who Oscar Levant is, they should find, or is it Levant? They should find out. They should find the fuck out. The whole, I was in they my... Should, they should worship the fuck out of him. I was obsessed with the Algonquin Round Table. Was he on the Algonquin? He Algonquin hung out there a lot. Did yeah, because Harpo was. I wish I could pronounce that or Millennial. <laughs> millennial, that's uh, not a good well, one. Well, you're, you know, I, uh, you're yeah, a I was broadcast professional. I, yeah. I, yeah, the, because I felt like there was just a different kind of intelligence to the wit in the, that well, era. It was that, the wisecrack era. Which I, I guess that. might have its equivalent on Twitter. I don't know. Oh, that's an interesting point. I heard a little girl call another little girl a Twitter clown. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, she was got to be even, like two, I'm, two and a half. Like it, it I'm not my, even sure my, what that my means. My daughter is preschool. I don't know. I guess it, is it better than ass clown? Worse than ass it clown? It doesn't sound like a but I think compliment. It, it must have been something she heard mommy or daddy say. I don't know. She's tweeting. Is there a kitty tweet? Yeah, kitty I tweet? had a young... I don't think so. Mm. I, that's an interesting point. It's not really a point. It's a question. Oh. But that's kind of a point. It is a kind of a point. Yeah, I don't know. There should be. It seems like there should be. Because kids and back there. it up. That sounded a little hostile, and I didn't mean it to. <laughs> I didn't. I, I just didn't mean to. I, I'm not saying there is a Twitter for kids, but I think that's where you're, you know, you're looking to make a fortune, right? You're looking to make a bundle. Yeah, there's that uh, Hello Giggles thing, so hope they, maybe they can parlay that. What's going on with that? I, it's uh, some kind of young... I only know about it because my... Friend did you invent it? Hello, Giggles. No, uh, that uh, sounds uh, like a pedophile site. It does sound like a pedophile site. It's uh, what's her name? That actress with the bangs, and I can't think of her fucking oh, name. Her. Zoe Deschanel. Sure, sure. What is it? It's just a like a bunch of blogs and stuff that kids write and adults write for kids and, it's and music she, and uh, I think I don't I don't look at it. Oh, I'm sure she made major bank on it. It's like huge. So essentially, she's emptying children's piggy banks. Mm-hmm. And they do tours and all kinds of stuff. That's wonderful. Good for her. Yeah, good for the kids. Good for the kids. I'm, I am I went to see a Yo Gabba Gabba live. If you, you probably don't know Yo Gabba. I do. Gabba. I know the guy who... Mark Mother's Ba is on there. Quarter. You know the guy who... Shetty... Sh oh, I, it actually uh, it is a her. I fucked up really big there. Cause okay. Shetty, well, Shetty is a transgender person and mm -hmm. is one of the big producers behind that. Yeah. I got to say, you know, Daughters I feel really bad. I show. It's okay. It happens. Not the first time. It wasn't done with malice. <laughs> it was not. It was a no, dumb error. You know. I can um, get confusing, but it was a live show. Mm. No. A lot of boredom in the audience, at least in my section. But if, I guess if you sat but close. Children or the adults? The children. That's got to be tedious as an adult, my, though. My kid did the show like 
she did a full kind of Miles Davis and spent the entire show with her back to the stage, as opposed to Miles who would play with his back to the audience. That's she, was, uh, she was going reverse Miles <laughs> on Yo Gabba Gabba. That's uh, what a great creative show. That being said, the TV show is phenomenal. Yeah, I've TV watched show it. Is terrific. I mean, if you got to watch kitty TV shows, I've been forced into it by st- staying with people who have kids. So it's now. Like, where are you on? The, where are you guys with that? That's the thing is like uh, I think I've been having a lot of anxiety lately, and it's because shocking. <laughs> I felt like it was. I tried the proposal route with an agent who wanted my book, very powerful agent in New York, who uh, subsequently dropped me, of course, because we spent a year and a half. And the proposal that me being sort of a freshly minted ex junkie morano uh, was like he wanted it to be you'll never eat lunch again in this town, ish, <laughs> and. Like most of the book was like me in MacArthur Park with like, you know, a crackhead and it didn't, you know, with two celebrities like on page 204, you know, and uh, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal. Like I wouldn't even have wanted to read or write that book. Yeah, that's it. I don't like that I time. I wasn't a celebrity guy. I had like, I wrote two minutes of TV. But anyway, um, the self-help thing, I guess, you know, that's a section to be in. I'm not a big self-help reader. I'm not either. And I don't feel like the book is self-help. I feel it's more in the vein of like running with scissors type thing where it's like, yeah. I, I had a fucked up family. No, I it up can in... help you, but you don't have to call it that. Yeah, I didn't. But then f- again, you do want to take career tips from me. I'll take them. Book selling the high fours. So, you know. <laughs> I've, I, I've purchased at least four. coffee, by the way? I, I, it's done. You I, want me to freshen her up? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Did you want more coffee? It was third-hand coffee. I think it was made about a week ago, but it was still in the little in the little. What do you call it? Carafe. No, it's the. Is that the carafe? The little thing where you put the filter and you pour on top. Uh, it's it dep- like a cone, a coney shaped thing. It's oh. like if you wore it upside down, it would be like a dunce hat. Oh, the the filter. The filter, but it's a <laughs> filter that goes in a. Yeah. Anyway. I don't. Uh, yeah, it depends. Carafe, Aeropress. We I, we have like. Kelly has an AeroPress. It's impressive. I, it's, I, I, I just, we just pour the, you know, pour the coffee onto the thing. I can't gauge the AeroPress. It's like, I, I, I make it way too strong every day, and it's like, I can't. That can be crippling. It, I have to stop it, writing because I'm too jacked. And no, I, that, for a guy like you, wow, I can only imagine. Adds to my anxiety about potentially someday having a baby and a wife. So on, on, what's, what's the top five now for your anxieties? My anxiety? What's, last what's, night what, I couldn't let's start with no, well, I don't want to do like a list thing, but what's what's killing you now? Last night what I couldn't sleep things? because once in a while I'll get these things in my head of like, uh, what the fuck have you done with your life? <laughs> you know, I mean the classic existential problems. And how old are you now? I'll be forty six in November. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that's, that's that's prime time for you know yeah. pressing that button. And uh, and it's like like I said before, I didn't really give a fuck when it was just me. I mean, I could have I could like. So you had no ambitions. Come on now. Oh, no, I've always had ambition, but it's like... But that's separate from the state of your actual life and day-to-day existence. But, I mean, I don't... Like, if things didn't pan out financially or whatever, and it was just me, I'd be sure. I'd be fine with that, and I'd be like, all right, I'll be the old yeah. weird guy with a lot of dogs. But now it's like I have Kelly... Is the old Greek guy? Old, Just old guy with dogs. Old guy with dogs. But I'd gladly be an old Greek guy. I could get a job in a diner. Yeah. Oh, you and your ethnic slurs. <laughs> Jesus, just in man. Chicago, all the diners are owned by Greeks. Yeah, but you know, time is so flexible. When you smoke that much marijuana? I don't know. I, I you know, I used to uh, do that. I, yeah. I, I don't know that 
I just feel like if for certain people... Notice how I just let that sentence go <laughs> to indicate the level at which it's still fucking with me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't smoke marijuana because it makes me... It takes Seems my like neuroses... It's not your drug. Oh, man, it's the worst. It's not your drug. You're, it, dr- I see you're more of it. You need the alcohol. You just need to chill. Yeah, I need to turn out the lights. I need turn to slow to slow it down a little bit. Double stressed the next day. Oh yeah, the, the whiskey sweats and the uh, I don't like I don't drink whiskey. Because the sweats. Uh, that's another one that just I don't know I don't I try what's, to what's avoid it, hard what's things. What's your uh, uh, you know bev of choice in the alcohol? We'll have some wine at night. A little bit of wine. A little bit of wine. I uh, I used to drink like a lunatic in my twenties and thirties. So that way, I'm guessing you weren't a wine drunk. Not then, no. no. I, but then it was just beer. It was just, you know, 20-something stuff. And then I dabbled in the hard... So you were in Chicago, right? Yeah. So what are we talking about? Rheingold? No. What Old style. Old, oh, nice. Yeah. Old Milwaukee? No. Old style. And then there was a Old beer style. called Point for a while that was... Point? Point. That was a Wisconsin... It was like was kind of Chicago, the... Pre- like in Pittsburgh, it was Iron City. Iron, oh, yeah. Iron City. It was Old Style, but Old Style was... The uh, is was it from Wisconsin, and then there was a local Goose Island brewery that. But you know, if you drink crappy beer, it was old style. I mean, of course you drank at the Old Town Ale House. When I well, back in my beer drinking days, it was before all the craft beers. I think Michelob was as close to a craft beer as I ever. Yeah, had. that was. They made those seem like that in was the ass. Yeah, yeah. Like that nice little bottle to look like a lava lamp. Because beer was always like viewed as like the working man's drink. Well, in Pittsburgh, they used to say in Milwaukee, they drink water. In Pittsburgh, we drink beer. Apparently, there's a big alcoholic rivalry between (laughs) Pittsburgh and Milwaukee as to who ate more pierogies. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's it's strange how people always have to uh, sort of make it us and them. Like even in in the Midwest, it's like they call uh, if you're from Illinois, they call you a fib, fucking Illinois bastard. And I was like, really? Yeah, it's like and it's Who like calls you that. Wisconsin people call the Illinois people. And that. are they what are they cheeseheads? What are they? Yeah, and there's like a weird rivalry. Fucking Illinois bastard. It's really bizarre to me. But who actually you know goes there? Um, I don't know. A lot of the Wisconsin. There's a, like weird hostility. Have you ever interviewed Anthony Jeselnik? I haven't, but I know Anthony. I love him. He's great. He actually sent the greatest tweet once out of the blue. Uh, you know, because he's a pit, not just because he's, oh, right, he's a Pittsburgh guy. But, but just about, and I was like, God, this guy reads, you know, that's good. He that's wanted the guy to, you want to read your books. He wanted to be a novelist, and he said he struggled with it, and then, uh, so he's like, I became a comedian. He's like, Those were, it was easier to write that stuff. I would, I, I just really admire him. I mean, I, you know, but I'm not a guy who reaches out to people, as they say, though I do have his Twitter thing. I don't know what I, you know, what we would do. I don't know. I, I reached out to you. And me. Yeah. He called me a jagoff on Twitter, which I thought was great because <laughs> that's such a Pittsburgh insult. Yeah. That's jag a very off. Sh- no one gets yeah, a very Chicago too. Jagoff. Oh, is it? And jag everyone off. says jagoff. And I'm like, no, no it's jag- jagoff. Jagoff is way better. Yeah. But it's, it's a very, it's Pittsburgh and Chicago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so how do you know? You know, just from comedy scene. Nice guy. I hear he's a nice guy. Really nice guy. Told me he's a really great guy. Super great guy. Like his persona. Yeah. Isn't really. But that's you know that's most comedians I think. To a degree, not every. Yeah, that well I mean you know. I don't know. You probably know more comedians. I don't know. I I don't really hang out with. I am in the you know in the comedy world by default. I don't. Because I'm you know I'm, I'm comedy guy now. You are. Well, you've always had a. No, but I mean, I'm literally working on Marin, so that makes me a comedy guy. 
of sorts. But when you, you didn't consider Elf? Uh, I don't remember Elf. Other people seem to, <laughs> uh, for a variety of reasons that are vaguely annoying, but I won't make a thing of. But yeah, I wrote a couple of them, apparently. I've yeah. been told. And when before we started, because I, 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 you said you were friends with James Elroy. I know James Elroy. James, but yeah. I yeah. say an acquaintance, but yeah, a great guy. That's fascinating, because he's like, you know, he's a living legend. Did I tell that story? He gave me an amazing blurb. Uh, it was something like, of course, who can quote their own blurbs? Only a douchebag, but it was good. The word hepcat was in there. That's Yeah, that's great. No, hipster bard. Hipster, hipster bard. bard. Yes, before hipster was like, you know. I involved. don't like how it's become a dirty word because yeah. I really enjoyed what but the old. Somebody apparently asked him, excuse me for cutting you off, That's in all right. Portland or something. Um, wow, you really like Jerry Stahl. Huh? That was like an incredible. And he's like, uh, he just like nagged me and nagged me and nagged me. He just bugged the <laughs> shit out of me. And, I, ah. and I'm like, God, that's just crazy. How do you feel about like when people, because if somebody said it about me, I'd probably lose my mind in the positive sense. But like, Saying that you were better than Burroughs in some of those reviews for that book. It's in it's on the book. It says like Well, because they put the good ones on. Well, they, yeah. They put the good ones on. Yeah, I but got it. Still a, it's I, a great thing to hear. Uh yeah, no, I got a uh that was I guess that was the pinnacle. If I were a guy who measured such things. It was a you know, really wonderful article by Thomas Mallon. In the New Yorker, which I not having a self promotion gene, which is why I always feel like an ass clown when I tweet. But yeah, it was, he did say that. I don't know that it's, you know, true, but it sure sounds good. It sounds goddamn great. Sadly, he was talking about Ed Burroughs, <laughs> whom you probably have never heard of, but no. wrote a couple nature poems back in the 70s, and uh, I kill compared to him. Well, yeah, that's uh, Ed Burroughs, though. That's good. That's Ed. nice. Uh, he, was, he was in the Rod McEwen school, like, listen to The Warm. Oh, yeah. Remember Rod McEwen? I do remember Rod McEwen. Listen to The Warm. Or maybe it was 60s. I had a girlfriend once in Arizona, or I met a girl, woman, young woman. I was young then, Um, but not a young woman. I went back to her house, and there was one book, and it was just Listen to The Warm. Only book in the house. Warm. Yeah. (laughs) Listen to The Warm. I like that line, though. Listen to The Warm. Listen to The Warm. You can't say it. You have to go, listen to The Warm. Do you... Get into poetry much? I'm into poetry right now. Yeah. Yeah, because what we're doing, it's like word poetry. Like, uh, oh, shit, uh, I can't think I, of that. I do love. The word jazz guy. The word, oh, my God. What was his name? He was amazing. He was a Chicago guy. I. He was a genius. Talk like this. Uh, I, I have to say. Ken Nordine. Uh, Ken Nordine. Well, yeah. you're right. We are really raining in the millennial crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. How about that V.S. Pritchett? What? Who? Huh? But, um, I'm just dropping some lit bombs on you. Don't, I, 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 I do admire and read poetry. I myself, actually, uh, I had a French publisher who, for ungodly reasons, asked me to write a book of poetry. When I tried, um, couldn't. Just was too sort of uptight about it or something. You know, I guess just roses are red you know it just it sounds like a cliche so i ended up writing bad sex on speed instead which none would probably deem poetic i don't know i like my none would deem poetic see that was poetic more pretentiously (laughs) i don't know what was in that coffee i feel like i'm wearing a sweater with little patches on the elbow buttoned down 
It's like, good. Like Richard Burton and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Did you ever see that movie? Yeah, I love that movie. I've, oh I've, God. yeah, I feel like one of my girlfriends and I bordered on living it a little bit. Really? Well, there was just a lot of intensity. Insulting. <laughs> no, that that's where we failed. I said almost, ah. but there was a lot of. Uh, What's she doing now? That ex-girlfriend. She's going out. She's. <laughs> He is. Those two I wouldn't up. be surprised because she Those was. Shacked up. She was. Uh, well, what's that word? I wish you could see the word. Oh, she for was. That. Uh, she uh. was hooking up with every. Like when I was working at Second City, she was cheating on me a bit. With your friends? I don't know. But just other guys who worked there, or women. Good. It's other people who worked there. It got thrown about. Yeah, I'm not. There was. She got thrown about. Did it, you defend? She, no, she threw it about. She, oh, she mentioned to your face that she was. While she did girlfriend. once on our on our first year anniversary. On your honeymoon. On our honeymoon. <laughs> she mentioned all the guys that you knew she slept well, with. Well, she asked, she said on, on our, our, our first anniversary dinner, this was a girlfriend, not my wife. I love you wife. have anniversaries of like girlfriend. I mean, I'm just not that romantic. That's wonderful. Anyway, your first anniversary Oh, dinner. she but she brought up how we should have a three-way. And I was like, this is a weird thing to bring. And then she, she never specific, was specific about if it was, you know, male or female. An issue. Worth, worth, worth nailing down yeah. before you get that hotel room. I just thought That's it was a weird sure. thing to bring up on a first anniversary, where it's like, oh, we're celebrating. Oh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> she's, she's opening it up. Oh, believe me, I, I mean, regret. If it was another, I mean, look, you don't want to be sexist, but personally, if it was another guy, you might have, you know, it's odd how that works. Yeah. You're not I ready, don't... You don't want to cross that line unless you want to cross that line. Well, that seemed like to me, it was like, but well. But then would you want her there? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I wouldn't want I him there. I don't know how there. you swing, buddy. Just the simple. I'm a simpleton. You're a simple man. I, I still missionary position only because that's the way God likes it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a sect of Christianity who they they talk about how God is in the room when they have sex, like when a married. I don't know that sect. What would that say? I don't know what it is. I've read a, a friend of mine posts a lot of weird Christian stuff. Oh, you got to let me know. I will find. Where did she post it. She posted on her Facebook. Oh, see, I'm not on Facebook. Uh, but she might also Am do it on Twitter or something, too. I'll find it for you. Yeah, I know in the ninth century, the Pope had to issue an edict um, outlawing castration because there was a sect of Christianity who felt, priests, actually, who felt that to be a good Christian, really, you know, you had to castrate yourself. There's a percentage of people who still do that every year. Uh, uh, David Foster Wallace wrote a, uh, essay, a really crazy essay. It starts off with how uh, people, a certain amount of men cut off their genitalia with the kitchen or garden utensils each year. What co- what collection was that in? Uh, consider the Lobster. Man, I'm going to have to read that. It's cra- And then it goes into the Oscars and then into the adult uh, porn awards. And yeah, it's so like this, the, yeah. it's this weird, and it's, but it's like, God, that guy's fucking brain really just like. No, I know. It, uh, it, it's really like, why do I bother writing with this guy? You know? Yeah. Having written what he wrote. But that's how I felt when I read Permanent Midnight. I was that like. David Foster Wallace is really good. <laughs> uh, if this could be read by said, David, wow, Foster David Foster Wallace. is good. I mean, I'm reading this guy and it just makes me realize how fucking great David Foster Wallace was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you ever think you would hang yourself and let your wife find you? That, no. Future wife. No. Ex-wife? I mean, maybe an ex-wife. If I could break into my ex-wife's house, I would definitely do that. Just just to... F- I might make it something more messy, though. I really want to cause some trouble. If I'm going to kill well, myself... Know, when... Uh, mm, there's a thing in... Um, speaking of Burroughs, in Naked Lunch, where he talks about how... What is the tree? A, ma- a mangrove. I think it's a mangrove, where every time 
someone, a man hangs himself, he ejaculates, and where it lands, a mangrove wow. grows. I've, I don't he does a little horticulture in there. <laughs> he has some, gar- he he has some gardening genius. tips. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because he, del- he went to a lot of places, yeah. and part of it was gardening. Yeah, and a lot of people don't pick up on that. No, I, I um, remember that. I don't know that I remember. I See, I've been feeling like I need to reread Naked Lunch because it's been mm. a long, long time. Well, it's your call. I mean, it is. Thank I kn- you I knew for his the support. Son, I think we talked about this. I knew his son. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay. We're not going to repeat. Life's I, too short. But I don't know, remember if we uh, talked about it. Yeah, we did talk to him about it on yeah. the show. Yeah. But yeah, you said James Elroy said, I'm gonna be f- we're going to be friends. That's got to be like a mind-blowing yeah, thing. Was, it was back when I was like semi-hot for like a second, I think years ago, and L was it L? Some magazine had a dinner on top of a Beverly Hills hotel, whose name escapes mm. me, because I don't get out much. And he, I sat next to him, and, he, and we went to the uh, Pacific Dining Car. I want to go there so badly. And sat at his table. It's Oh, it's great. It's great for a lot of reasons. It's open all night. And it's also, it's just so the other L.A., just like cops and politicians and working people. And it hasn't been ironically discovered yet. Thank God. It's expensive too, isn't it? I mean, it's like not for... Well, it's an old school steaks and chops kind of place. You know, so yeah, you're going to get like your $40, you know, New York steak or whatever, or 30 buck. but... I think I'm going to do that for my birthday. You know, maybe when you get... When is your birthday? November 19th. You know who else? Dick Cavett and Jody Foster. Okay. Dick Cavett's a big hero of mine. Is he? Yeah, and I was just talking to a friend about Tom Schneider and how I think oh, I was well, probably I was on Tom Schneider. Get the fuck out. Yes. I was on with Harlan Ellison who stayed for forty five minutes. So he talked fifteen over, so I got like the embarrassing fifteen at the tail end. I don't like Harlan. He was great. He uh he I don't know if it was on that show, but he, we were talking about failure or something. He was talking about how he worked on from like the heights to this show to that show to tomorrow. She said he wouldn't be happy until he was broadcasting from his mother's basement in Milwaukee. <laughs> I mean, talk about a guy you can love. He, I like, this is he how... He was amazing. Marin and I were just talking about him because he was talking about the crazy close-ups at the beginning of the show, which were kind of unsettling, you know? And uh, it was just, it was the greatest talk show ever. I liked him as a kid. Like, that's, I was that a laugh weird kid. and those twinkly <laughs> eyes. Oh, my God. I don't know what See, he was I feel on, like that shit's a gone oh. era of talk like that like i mean i i i'm i love I that old i think you're bringing it back i hope so all you need is the laugh <laughs> <laughs> which i'm copying Ackroyd's impression which oh, some people that's it, rough yeah you don't want to copy the copy thank you much for listening to conversations with matt dwyer i just want to ask for your help if you can go to the feral audio page and go to the conversations with matt dwyer page and Uh, click on the Amazon link and maybe put that in your toolbar or something. So anytime you buy something on Amazon, we get a kickback of that money a little bit and it helps support Feral Audio and my podcast. There's no advertising on my show, so it's a great way to support. Also, if you can donate some money, that would be incredibly helpful. Uh, We always are in need of equipment or uh, new microphones and stuff, so that would be grateful. Also, go to themattdwyer.com. You can see some photos of this uh, episode up there it might be, t- be a couple days after this airs but um, there's uh, photos from all my podcasts uh, and road trips and stuff so check out themattdwyer.com follow me on twitter all things Matt Dwyer donate to the show if you can through Amazon I love you thank you goodbye
Audio. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.